The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. With me today is Ryan Boyer. Today is Sunday, July 9th. Uh, we're going to be doing some award stuff. It's the end of the first half, so we're going to be talking about the players who really stood out and the players who not so much or didn't stand out for the right reasons. Uh, but we're going to go over some headlines, and I'm going to make Ryan do some heavy lifting with this one because yesterday I was at the Futures game, and it was certainly a game. It was certainly an event where baseball players played. Look, the Futures game is more about uh, – the scouting opportunity before it for people to go watch those players take batting practice. There were certainly some standouts. Uh, the MVP of the game happened to be Nassim Nunez, who is not a great offensive player, hitting 211 in the first half of the year for Double uh, uh, A in for the Marlins organization. Really good defensive player. It gets on the 2080 scales, gets 70 grades there, uh, but not exactly known for his uh, offensive prowess. Uh, more about the pitching. The, the pitching was really good in particular, and I, I talked about this with Drew. I really screwed up with the name. Jacob Misurowski is how I'm just going to say it because it sounds like I'm saying it really quick. Uh, over 100 miles per hour a bunch of times. Was really impressed with what I saw from him. Uh, got a chance to watch the end of the National League batting practice. I didn't have a credential, so I had to kind of watch it as a fan, but I got there two hours early to make sure I got as much batting practice as possible. Uh, Yankeel Hernandez of the Colorado Rockies really impressed me. Jackson Trio is going to be an absolute superstar. Please don't pay attention to those numbers right now as a 12-year-old in double-A, not, not barely hyperbolic. Um, Ryan, I haven't let you talk yet. Did you get a chance to watch the game? I just caught highlights. Um, I did see the guy you mentioned, Jacob Wiszowski. Jacob Miz. We're going to just call him the Miz. Okay. That's not his nickname yet. It is absolutely right now. Yeah, I believe the Miz is playing the celebrity softball game, by the way. The other, <laughs> the other Miz. Yes. Um, but yeah, I saw his uh, I saw his outing. Um, super impressive stuff. I mean, all the Scouts I saw on on Twitter were like before he even came into the game. It's like I, I think this guy's probably got the best raw stuff of any any pitcher in this game. So sure. was looking forward to to seeing him pitch. He's another guy that um, I mean I know baseball's a little different in that you it's not like college football recruiting like you got to keep your guys in the in the backyard and at, at home for your home state school. But another Missouri guy who. Uh, 
the Cardinals didn't draft. I mean, I, I got to find it. I always got to find a way to make this about the Cardinals, Chris. <laughs> yeah, he's from uh, what Crowder College, same place that Aaron Ashby came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Brewers are doing well at that at that place, and uh, I believe it's a little outside of Kansas City. But yeah, Tink Hints also looked good as well. Speaking of my Cardinals, sure. Yeah. So yeah, just saw mostly highlights, but yeah, that's it's more of a that's. Honestly, not a bad way to do it because that's more what it's about. It's kind of showcasing the the raw skills. Nobody cares who wins that game. No, no. And for those who are curious, the National League wins uh, five to nothing. Um, if you bet on that game, that might be where we put our little help, help headline type of thing because it is <laughs> definitely not an event that you should be betting on. But I had fun. I had fun at the celebrity softball game too. Uh, my nieces are very jealous that I got to go see Jojo Siwa. They're extremely upset that I was able to see her and they weren't able to go. But uh, it actually, I would say that the celebrity softball game is the better in-person game uh, to actually oh, yeah. watch because, well, and there's some nostalgia factor here. Mike Cameron was playing in it. Brett Boone was playing in it. Um, it was I also good for, good King for the Mariners. Said, Hold on. Yeah, King Felix, he took a ball deep. Um, it was like on a line, too. It was fun to watch. Uh, I was with my buddy Alex, and we were betting on whether or not anybody could hit an actual real home run, not over the fence, but like actually over the Safeco field fence. There were a couple guys who came pretty close. Cameron came really close. Yeah. Uh, one that ended up on the warning track. Uh, that guy has not aged a day, by the way. And the fact that he's going to be a grandfather in a couple of days makes me feel incredibly incredibly old uh but ryan there was some other baseball that was going on uh apparently the tigers did something that uh was pretty unexpected against a pretty good lineup can you tell me about that yeah combined no no um i feel like it always a combined no hitter is just kind of like like it's so rare but also it's like eh, i don't know Matt Manning started the game. He allegedly he went wound up going, I believe, six and two thirds, no hit innings. Mm. He allegedly did not know he had a no hitter going. And he was <laughs> cool. I, I, I don't really do you buy that. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. hard for me to buy, but also, why would you? I don't know why you would lie about that. But That's a good point. I feel like a lot of a lot of players say that like they mm-hmm. well, I didn't even know until he took me out. But. <laughs> Yeah, combined combined no 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 against the against the Blue Jays. Matt Manning is uh, just recently came back from injury. Um, I believe he's only made five starts this season. It's fared pretty well. Strikeouts haven't been there, but um, that's not atypical of him. I, I think he wound up with five strikeouts and three walks uh, yesterday. Um, I'm not terribly optimistic on his long-term outlook, like in redraft leagues. Uh, you know, he's going to get an opportunity, certainly, on the Tigers. Sure. The Tigers are, I guess, in contention in that <laughs> poor excuse for a division. Drew and I, uh, Drew and I went over that yesterday. That just, just ban geography, man. Geography is just getting <laughs> us into trouble in this world. Yeah. So yeah, Matt Manning, um, he's still young, still time to kind of cash in on that prospect pet pedigree that he had. But I, the stuff is, 
just kind of meh, I think, overall. Right. Uh, I'm not – I mean, that's great for him, being part of a combined no-hitter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really change my my outlook for him. For sure. Uh, Bryce Harper and Andrew Painter, the Philadelphia Phillies, not having some good news as well, my friend. What's going on there? Yeah, a couple elbow-related issues. I mean, I guess technically um, it's kind of good news on both accounts, but, you know, Bryce Harper got hit with a with a pitch and had to leave the game, hit, hit with a pitch in that surgically repaired elbow. I mean, and that was part of the worry of him coming back so soon that, I mean, you could really do damage if you get hit by a pitch in that area, but mm-hmm. – I guess at this point, it's not really soon. Like this is about the time he was supposed to come back originally. So, right. But the good news is he avoided any, you know, major, major setback. Um, Haven't seen the Phillies, whether the Phillies released their lineup yet. I mean, might as well sit him for today, give him a little extra rest and he should be fine. For the start of the second half, hopefully we'll see more, uh, more power out of Bryce Harper after the all-star break. He's, He's been fine, but the power just hasn't been nearly Harper-esque. As far as Andrew Painter goes, had a setback. He he was scratched from a bullpen session early last week and then threw a bullpen session Wednesday, which I, I found really strange that they went ahead and put him back on the mound already. And then he had more soreness after that. So they sent him for tests. Um, says that the test said that his UCL is healing, sure. um, coming back from partially torn UCL. So I don't, as far as the discomfort he's experiencing, I don't know if it's just inflammation or what it is. But positive news, I guess, if you're squinting. But I mean, this doesn't give me much hope that given the setback that he's going to come back and contribute at all this season. Um, I mean, I think the ultimate long-term goal certainly is just to avoid Tommy John or the internal brace procedure. Right. Uh, so I, I think the Phillies are going to be extra cautious with him. And I, I think that it pretty much while the MRI revealed relatively good news, I think it pretty much the setback wipes out any chance he has for redraft value this year. Yeah, absolutely. He was number 10 on my imminent arrivals article on Wednesday. He will not be on my list next week because, unfortunately, that arrival is not so imminent. Uh, but still an awful lot of potential for long term. My just hope is is that they're not just delaying the inevitable here because sure. it would be a real bummer if he has to go uh, undergo uh, Tommy John surgery at this point because you're talking about a missed 2024 season completely, and that's right. two years off. and. The track record of prospects who have two years off is not so great. Uh, Joe Adele is on this list. Please tell me something good about Joe Adele, unless there is bad news for Joe Adele, and then we can just skip it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it is bad oh. news. Oh, left his uh, the game yesterday after one plate appearance with an oblique issue. Um, I have not seen any update yet today, but. I mean, they do have the extra time over the All-Star break here to maybe slow play it, but, you know, we're talking about an oblique here, so the odds are probably high that he's going to go on the injured list. I mean, Adele is just now getting a another shot 
in the majors. I know you and Drew talked about him some yesterday. Uh, but, you know, oblique injury often leads to a multi-week absence. So look, looks like we could uh, – he's going to be probably beat back, beat Mike Trout back, I would assume, from the from the injured list, even if he does – if he does go on the IL, um, but just a bummer that we can't get to get to see what Joe Adele has in store this time because he was obviously destroying Triple A pitching as he always does, and was getting look. I was looking forward to getting a another long look at him, but we might have to hit pause on that. I'm just I'm not sure what the curse of the Angels is. And as a Mariner fan, maybe I'm not supposed sure. to find out and I'm just supposed yeah. to let this happen. But I'm very curious to see what's going on because this team actually looked really good a couple of weeks ago. They were 41 and 33. They were right more than in the thick of the wild card spot. They were looking like a team that maybe could get that top wild card spot. And now they are a game under 500. They've lost five straight. And you have to wonder about the Otani situation. Yeah. And by the way, the Taylor Ward is hurt as well. He's got a groin injury. And oh, good. Anthony, Anthony Rendon did not play again yesterday. Uh, with a, I'm blanking on what injury he's dealing with. I mean, it's a legend. Oh, I think he fouled a ball off his leg or something. Oh. Uh, and he's missed oh. a couple games. And, looking like he's going to hopefully avoid the IL, but I mean, that's who, who do they have left in the, in the outfield? They might have to bring back uh, Garrett uh, Anderson. I was, I was just going to make that exact same joke and say Garrett Anderson and Tim Salmon get ready. <laughs> By the way, it's funny uh, that the angels are so cursed and yet they've won one more world series than my favorite baseball team. Life is not. Fair. I mean, I wasn't bringing it up. But, you know. <laughs> it's you could bring it up. I bring up all the Cardinals crap all the time. You can. It's all fair play. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, what's the situation there, my friend? Yeah, I mentioned uh, internal brace procedure earlier when we were talking about Andrew Painter, but that's unfortunately what Drew Rasmussen is set to to have. I mean, he had, he, he was off to a great start earlier this season. Even the start where he got hurt. Um, I believe against the Yankees, he was doing awesome, and then went on the went on the aisle with a flexor strain. And as the flexor strain can often often happens, it leads to it's tough to come back from that injury. It really is. Uh, I mean, he did avoid Tommy John. He's going to have the internal brace procedure that is becoming a little more in vogue these last last couple of years. That's going to shorten the the timetable for him, but I believe Rasmussen, I know he's had at least one Tommy John already. Um, I, I think he's just had the one, maybe he's had two already. I'm not, he's uh, had two. He had one he before had he had one before he was uh, right. Like literally as he signed and then a, a second one as well. Unfortunately that this is uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right about yeah. that. If we're, if we're wrong, we can, uh, we can ask everybody to just uh, give us a break, just like me with my Framber Alda Valdez shoulder thing. Uh, that's, by the way, why Framber Valdez pitched so well against uh, the Mariners. Sorry to cut you off there. But, yeah, this is a, a major bummer for a guy who was pitching so well and looks yeah. such like uh, such the part. Um, hopefully he can come back. I do wonder if starting long term is now a possible thing for him. I mean, that's that's really tough to handle the modern rigors after we've had 
two of these things, and he might play better as a multi-inning reliever type. Um, but uh, just a, a huge bummer for fantasy managers and for him because, you know, nobody's asking for this. This is not fair. And I hate that it's a local boy, too, from Puyallup, which is a city that no one can pronounce. P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-F. Who the heck thinks that's Puyallup? That's the ultimate litmus test, by the way, Ryan. If you need to know if somebody's from the state, ask them how the city is pronounced. And if they say anything but Puyallup, they are a foreigner and they are not to live in our city. No, I'm just kidding. They, there's absolutely uh, nothing wrong with pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, bummer on Rasmussen. I didn't like that any of that stuff outside of the. Uh, I asked you to put together the headlines. I wanted some positive stuff, and you gave me one positive thing, and it was a no hitter against the Blue Jays. What, what's going on, Ryan? Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't create the headlines. I just go with what happened, Chris. I mean, I, it's it's not my fault. You cannot blame me. And by the way, I feel like uh, I feel like our headlines are usually negative, unfortunately, because we just it's a good spot to talk about injuries. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. and we're so, especially, especially the Sunday show where we're pretty much recapping stuff that happened. There's very little positivity in this world, which is why I'm glad I got to talk about a exhibition baseball game that about 35,000 people went to. Was kind of surprised uh, that it wasn't a full sellout. It certainly wasn't. Way more people for the celebrity softball game. I think people knew uh, that that was the event to be at. To be completely honest with you, but uh, oh well, say la vie. Uh, we're going to talk about our MVP awards, but first we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most favorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10, for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Now, right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. All right, so let's do some MVPs, some LVPs, some Cy Youngs, and some Cy Yucks. We are creative folks here. No one's ever used Cy Yuck before, Ryan. That's absolutely a, a brand new metric that we're using. Uh, I'll go first real quick with my MVP. I made it simple. Uh, if if Shohei Otani counts as one player in your league, he's the most obvious MVP to obvious MVP. Like what he's done on the field as a pitcher and as a hitter, has never been replicated, ever. You can give me all the Babe Ruth talk you want. Babe Ruth was never this good um, of a uh, of a pitcher at the same time as being a hitter. And the fact that he can like provide some stolen bases and stuff along with this with 33 home, he, he's just stupid. He's absolutely stupid. If Shohei Otani does not count, uh, I think it's Ronald Acuna Jr. And look, you can argue about the fact that, hey, he was your first overall pick. Can he really be that valuable? Yes. Yes, he can. He's at 335 with a 412 on base percentage. He's hit 21 homers. He's stolen 41 bases. We're talking about a guy who's on pace for right around 35 homers and 70 steals. Absolutely incredible season. Uh, I think you can make an argument that the guy that I have third could be first as well. And by value, I think who you, what you did is also acceptable, but – I think overall, Ronald Acuna has to be that top guy for me if Shohei Otani doesn't count. Yeah, I went a little bit of a different route. I decided I like to it. yeah, kind of go with the guys that have turned out to be the best values, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Value um, and valuable. Yeah. Um, so I, my pick for fantasy hitter MVP in the first half is Corbin Carroll. Um, he had the 
he was the number 58 guy as far as ADP goes. That's pulled from uh, Rotowire's uh, ADP tool, which kind of pulls uh, multiple formats and gives the average for that. So number 58 as far as ADP goes. He's the number four overall player as far as earned auction value goes. That's also another one of the dynamite Rotowire tools. Um, he's earned 39 dollars already 292 average 18 home runs 48 rbi 63 runs scored and 26 stolen bases i mean i think there were some questions i feel like in the fantasy community and um about his ultimate power ceiling I mean, he's a small guy um like the numbers in the minors, I mean, hit for power, but how much was he ultimately going to to hit for power in the in the big leagues? I mean, he has 18 first half home runs, so I think we have we have that answer. Um, it's a beauty. It's the beauty beauty about baseball. I mean, a guy like Jose Altuve, Corbin Carroll, they can still hit for power even though they're tiny guys. Um, unfortunately, there's a little bit of worry about Corbin Carroll with the shoulder injury he sustained a couple days ago. Very reminiscent of what Fernando Tatis has dealt with the last few years where he just took a swing and kind of crumpled down and held that shoulder. And it's got to be the, it's a subluxation, uh, partially partial dislocation of the shoulder. Then he came back and played, um, already so the Diamondbacks seem hopeful that it's not going to be a a long-term thing but that really does give me some pause that's a a thing that can just reoccur we've seen it so many times with um with Fernando Tatis and other players as well uh Tatis ultimately wound up having surgery eventually hopefully Corbin Carroll can avoid that because he's been Awesome. Um, yeah. And I went with uh, my runner up for hitter MVP of the first half is an actual MVP from the past in Christian Yelich. And I don't think we can, you know, count on him rediscovering that real life MVP form. But, you know, Christian Yelich was the number 93 ADP player come into the season. He's the number nine overall player as far as earned auction value goes. 11 home runs, 21 stolen bases, 66 runs scored. He ditched his leg kick. And the bat of ball data is, has been awesome again. It's even when he's quote-unquote struggled, uh, the bat of ball data for Yelich has been consistently good he just hits the ball on the ground a ton which unfortunately that's still the case Um, but you know he's avoided these peaks and valleys that we've unfortunately grown accustomed to in the last couple years from him post uh, real life MVP award but I mean he's been super valuable he's going to score a ton of runs near the top of that uh, that Brewers lineup Um, you know I think he's probably more the expectation should be like the toward the end of his Marlins tenure. That's the kind of player we should expect maybe a tick higher than that. 
Maybe. Which yeah. that's, that's a really good real life player, really good fantasy player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, super encouraging first half from, from Christian Yelich. He obviously still has plenty of uh, fantasy value in the tank. Yeah, it's, it's been nice to see for a player that a lot of people basically wrote off. It's been fun to see flashes of that player, even though you're not going to get that guy who was basically a 1-1 at his peak. Uh, LVP, uh, I'll just go real quick. Um, uh, Ryan and I did this a little different, but I think that actually makes it fun. Um, I think it's Trey Turner. Uh, look, this was a guy that you probably took in the top five of your draft. You may have even taken him 1-1. And do I think Trey Turner's going to be a lot better in the second half? You bet your sweet bippy I do. Trey Turner's track record just tells me that he's going to be better. He's been actually better over the last few weeks. But look, if you took this guy with the first, second, or third pick and you got 250 average, 10 homers, and 10 stolen bases, that's not really what you signed up for, folks. Trey Turner's a really good player, but he's kind of hurt you. And I will be honest, I also considered Julio Rodriguez for this spot, but I can't do it. I can't, I can't say bad things about my sweet Julio, but he's been a pretty big disappointment as well, especially in the average category. Been helped by the 20 steals and, you know, 13 homers is an abhorrent. Uh, but I think we were expecting maybe a little more pop from him and certainly a better average. Um, some bad luck, 92nd hit percent, uh, uh, 92nd in hard hit percentage uh, percentile-wise. The hits are going to start falling for him again. He has to get better with the strikeouts. But uh, I think Trey Turner is pretty easily my LVP. Uh, and my runner-up, actually, is Rafi Devers. Look, another guy that you took right around the end of the first round and has not helped in the average category, which has been a huge surprise. Uh, the power has been there. The RBIs have been there, which has been great. But he's basically a two-category player for somebody that a lot of people took in the first round, maybe even as high as 10th or 11th. Um, that's pretty disappointing to me. Uh, I was very tempted to go with, I, I can read who you put at the top spot. I was very tempted to go with him. And we sure did offer a lot of warnings about this player as well. Um, but yeah, talk about Michael Harris. My friend. Yeah, Michael Harris um, coming into the season, number 31 ADP. He, he currently ranks 205th in earned auction value at $4. And that was just, a month or so ago was a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Now, now he's up to 254, nine home runs, 25 RBI, 33 runs, 11 stolen bases. But since the 1st of June, 913 OPS, seven of those nine home runs have come since then. Six of those 11 stolen bases have come since June 1st. So hopefully we were seeing the beginning of Michael Harris riding the ship. I mean – the strange thing, I guess, if you can call it that, his batted ball data is like virtually identical to yeah. what he did last year. Right. And that's why a lot of people were kind of worried about him coming into the year about being able to repeat. I mean, he, he chases a lot out of the zone. Um, not great against lefties. All he's been better against lefties this year. Um, but, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, I mean, he was a – generally like a late second, early third round pick in most leagues. I think there was a certain point in your draft that you, like he's just so uber talented that you bet on a guy overcoming those kind of batted ball concerns, chase concerns. Um, And I think Michael Harris is going to be quite valuable the rest of the season. Unfortunately, he's stuck at the very bottom of the Braves lineup. 
And I don't know if you guys have heard that the Braves lineup is pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he doesn't have – there's doesn't look like much of an opportunity for him to kind of ascend up higher in that lineup. Mm-hmm. So that's really going to affect his counting stats. I mean, you can just see – in addition to him just underperforming, but 25 RBIs and 33 runs scored in the first half. Not great, Bob. Um, and those were worse, obviously, for the first uh, two months of the season. Yeah. I think Michael Harris is going to be fine, but, you know, he's going to be held down to some degree by where he's hitting in that lineup. I mean, if you're going to hit bat ninth on any team, you want it to be the Braves probably, but it's still ninth. So he's going to be – the counting sets aren't going to be – as great. I'll go ahead and move into my runner-up for LVP, and I went with Manny Machado. He's He's been fine, like yeah. 13 home runs. Uh, eh, the counting stats haven't been great. Again, that's like – that's a reflection not only for of Machado underperforming, but also the Padres lineup just underperforming as, as a whole. Time. Big time. 43, 44 RBIs, 39 runs is not what you signed up for. We thought, especially the top half of that Padres lineup was just going to be dynamite and his counting stats are, would be through the roof. But, you know, Machado was the number 13 overall ADP player coming into the season. Currently ranks 125th in earned auction value. He's earned $10 in the first half. It's not going to kill you. No. Um, but certainly not what you signed up for. Um the batted ball data is down a little bit. I mean, he, his stack-ass metrics weren't great last year either. Kind of appointed to a guy that could regress a little bit, but he was just one of those guys. I don't know about you, Chris, but like he's just so incredibly talented that I yeah had a hard time being super worried about something like that. And I do think Manny Machado and probably the Padres as well. I'm not riding off the Padres as far as competing for a for a wild card spot. Um, and I think my main Machado is probably going to be awfully good in the second half. Me too. Yeah. I, th- I think he's going to be fine. I think the Padres will bounce back in part because I really want them to bounce back. I think that's a really fun baseball team and uh, I want to see them succeed. I, I love the city of San Diego. Some of this is just want, but I also think Machado has shown enough flashes of life. Um, maybe dealt with that injury a little sooner than he was actually saying, you know, uh, we've certainly seen uh, some guys who go on injured lists later than they probably should. Uh, Maybe he was dealing with something like that. Uh, Let's go over the pitchers and let's go quickly because I literally have to check out of my hotel in 15 minutes, Ryan, let's do it. it. (laughs) Sandy Alcantara is uh, the guy that I think that I just want to, I I did your, pick and i'm so sorry about that uh sandy, I, I was gonna go with you dollars i'm going with sandy alcantara look it, it, the value thing has we can both pick him. yeah we're both gonna pick him because look sandy alcantara has not been like the worst pitcher in baseball but when you consider where you drafted him and where a lot of people taking this guy in the middle of the second round and justifiably so he was fantastic last year and he was good the prior years before I think he'll be better in the second half. He can't get much worse, to be just completely honest with you. I mean, this has been a real disappointment. I think it's a pretty easy one. My second runner-up was a little harder. Um, Alec Manoa was a debate. Um, 
I don't know why I started with least instead, by the way, instead of going with Cy Young. Maybe I just wanted to switch things up, by the way. Uh, but uh, Alec Manoa, I'm going to go with you, Darvish. You, Darvish, has been quietly a pretty big disappointment this year. 4.25 ERA, some decent strikeout games that have helped a little bit, but hasn't been very consistent. Now, that's been a you, Darvish thing before. We have certainly seen seasons where we've had you, Darvish, finish great and even has, still have some starts that kill us for the week. Uh, he's my runner-up, but I also have to give a dishonorable mention to Alec Manoa, even though he looked fantastic on uh, Friday night, which was wonderful to see. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow your lead here and lead with the uh, with the least valuable guys. Um, I'm with you on Sandy Al- Alcantara. I mean, it's part of the reason with these earned auction values, like if you pitch a whole lot and you're not good, that's going to really drag down your value. So according to the Roadwire earned auction value, he's actually 410th, one spot ahead of Julio Tehran. So that gives you an idea of the disappointment that we've dealt with with Sandy Alcantara. He's The changeup has been really bad. He, he held batters to a 145 average with that changeup in last season. So far this year, they're batting 318 against that changeup. Throwing more sinkers, which I don't really know what that's about, um, but those—it's been a a good pitch as far as quality of contact goes. But he's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. They're going to be more balls in play, shift restrictions. They're going to those balls are going to find more holes. So I, I think Alt, Sandy Alcantara is ultimately going to be fine. A little bit. You touched on Alec Manoa. Um, number 51 ADP. And I actually looked up the earned auction value and he didn't even show up on the tool, the wire tool, which gives you an idea of how bad he's, uh, how bad he's been. But yeah, look great. His first start back. I don't know about you. I was surprised that he came back so soon. Me too. Um, like he had that one start in the Florida complex league where he gave up like 11 earned runs. I know it was more about the process versus results, but hundred percent. Yeah, hopefully, I think the zero walks more than anything else was super encouraging mm-hmm. in his first start back. Maybe he can get some more, some better results from that slider, which went from one of baseball's best pitches to suddenly a bad pitch for him. So let's let's hope that uh, Alec Manoa, this is the beginning of uh, a turnaround. Me too. I really hope so, because he's such a fun pitcher to watch. His competitiveness is something that's a lot of fun. I'm also... A big fan of the Chungus pitchers. Not, not going to lie to you. I, I like the bulky guys. It's fun to watch the bulky guys pitch. Um, Alec Manoa is somebody that I would not want to get in a fight with. I'll just tell you that much. I don't want to get in a fight with anybody. <laughs> but if you give me the choice, I'll take the, the great Gerbecks of the world to fight with rather than the, the Alec Manoas. Uh, first, uh, actual first half Cy Young. Um, this was hard because, again, I went with just – I didn't really do the, the value play type of thing. It's either Zach Gallon or Spencer Strider. It kind of depends on what you're looking for. Like uh, Zach Gallon, 3.04 ERA with 125 strikeouts, 11 wins, 11 quality starts. Spencer Strider, a little higher ERA of 3.44, but 11 quality starts and 166 strikeouts and 104 two-thirds innings. I mean, that guy swing and miss stuff is just stupid. Uh, I'm going to go with Gallon because I think Gallon's provided a little more consistency than Strider. But pick six dozen, half another, however the heck that phrase is supposed to go. Both those guys have been absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, I went with more with the value side of it again on this on this aspect. So my my pick for the fantasy Cy Young winner in the first half is Nathan Navaldi. Nice. Uh, number two twenty two in ADP, and so far he's number twenty two in earned auction value. The number four pitcher, if you do not include Mister Shohei Otani, at, at twenty five dollars, ten wins, two eighty three ERA. Whip just over one, almost a strikeout per inning. XERA is 340. I think that's probably about more what you can expect from mm-hmm. Vivaldi in the second half, which is perfectly fine. Um, he's going to be a big beneficiary of that Rangers run support. I think he can continue to pile up wins. He's never been an elite strikeout guy, and that, that's been the case again this year. And uh, I think he's going to be perfectly fine in that regard because he always has good control. He's going to be a good a, a good source for whip. So I think Evaldi is – I don't really consider him a sell. I think he's more of a hold. And I think he's going to be really good in the second half again. Mm-hmm. My runner-up is Mitch Keller. Uh, Great call. Pretty, pretty well off the radar as far as ADP goes at 325 coming into the season. <laughs> He's been the number 48 guy in earned auction value, number 10 among non-Otani pitchers at $20 earned. Nine wins, 331 ERA, 112 whip, 129 strikeouts, and 117 innings pitched. That XERA is 338, right in line with his actual ERA. That's nice. Yeah, thing with the thing with Keller is he doesn't have as far as the results for whiffs go, like that one dominant pitch or that's right. two dominant pitches. But he has five pitches with a higher than twenty one percent whiff rate. Um, that doesn't I, I I fudged a little bit because I included his changeup, which he like hardly ever throws. But right, he's got a pretty wide repertoire of pitches and. I'm very much a believer in this breakout. The Pirates have come back to earth, but I think they're good enough to where you don't really concern yourself as far as his wins outlook with with Mitch Keller. I think he's going to be fine in that regard. Um, so great value if you uh, took a late-round dart throw on, on Mitch Keller, and I think he's, again, along with Evaldi, I think he's probably more of a hold than a sell-high. I think he's probably going to have a solid second half as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if somebody wants to go nuts and offer you a bunch of stuff for him, for sure. But I think you can absolutely uh, justify keeping him in your starting rotation. Uh, Real quick, uh, we're not going to do fab stuff because it's a weird week for it. But I will say this. uh, If you do have fab, uh, and Ryan, you can just give me a quick yes or no if you agree with me here. You got to go get Colton Kowser. Like, he's playing every day right now. He's only hitting 153, but you see the approach that he played. He's already drawn multiple walks in a couple of games. The approach is so good here. Chance to hit for average, chance to hit for power. I guess my one concern with Kowser is going to be that that team is so loaded with players that if Kowser doesn't get off to the best start, you know, you might be seeing him uh, head back to Norfolk. Um, Long term, I think this is a guy that you – absolutely have to roster, but I would absolutely be willing to spend a good shekel of my fab on Mr. Colton Kowser. Uh, Ryan, do you agree? I do agree. Um, you know, I agree also that there's 
a lot of crowdedness in that in that outfield. But yeah. the thing with crowd, the thing with Kowser, as you mentioned, like the approach is so good. It's amazing. He has a better he has a better chance than most young pl- players to kind of hit the ground running in the majors. You never know how they're gonna. Um, not, never know how they're going to play the first go around in the big leagues, but because that approach is so good, he has a, a better chance than most guys. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And just uh, as a reminder, I'm pulling up his minor league numbers right now. Uh, guy who was hitting right around 330 with a OPS in the high nines. He was showing power. He shows a good approach at the plate, obviously, that we just talked about. Can steal some bases. I wouldn't expect him to be a major stolen base threat, but he's certainly athletic enough to help there. Maybe sits against lefties. I saw somebody mention that he's not in the lineup today. Uh, so something to keep in mind there. But I think he's on the strong side of that platoon. Um Somebody mentions also Colt Keith as somebody to spend some fab on. The problem is it's going to depend on whether or not the Tigers are in this thing or not, because if they're not in this thing, Colt Keith isn't making his debut this year. They have been one of the most stringent teams about guys have playing a good amount of time in AAA. That's why we didn't see Riley Green. That's why we didn't see Spencer Torkelson. They usually wait and have those guys make their early debuts. Um, I certainly think if Colt Keith does get the call up, he's somebody to add. He really impressed me uh, during the Futures game as well. One of the better batting practices uh, showed a nice approach to the play. Justin Henry Malloy, also somebody that I think the Tigers might call on first. Um, but if the Tigers do call up Colt Keith, absolutely. I made a hot take with Drew that I think he might be the best player from Arizona State they drafted in that draft. All due respect to Spencer Torkelson, who I do like a lot, but I am really impressed with what I saw from Colt Keith. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, real quick, uh, the first half is over. I think uh, Ryan and Drew will agree that we really want to thank you guys for listening to our weekend episodes. This has been an absolute blast. We've had an absolute joy doing these Um we can't appreciate you guys listening and asking questions enough. You guys are the absolute best, and we really, really do appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes every single day of the week, and a very happy All-Star break to all. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.